This week on the Dream Set Achieve podcast is where the rubber meets the road. We are talking boundaries, expectations, and routines. Why? Because your daughter is craving independence and she is fighting tooth and nail to get it. Meanwhile, you want her to become independent, but you want her to have the skills she needs to do so safely and effectively. So this specific topic is exactly what you're looking for, and it's going to radically change the way that your family functions and how your daughter continues to build that independence in a place that grows and fosters and nourishes her independence rather than squelching it. All right, let's get started. Hey, sweet friend, I'm Amanda Doherty, family life coach and founder of Dream, Set, Achieve, where I partner alongside amazing moms just like you who are in the throes of raising a teenage daughter. I hope that this podcast and all the resources on the Dream, Set, Achieve website will encourage, challenge, and motivate you to navigate the toughest issues surrounding raising an adolescent head on. You've got this, mom, and I'm here to help. This is the Dream, Set, Achieve podcast. Achievers, happy Monday. I love that I get to start my week off with you. There's no one else I'd rather spend time with. And something I'd like to pause and do just for a moment. I had the best week last week, and I just want to shed some light on a couple of these things. I like to brag every once in a while on some of the kids that I get to work with and some of the moms, some of you amazing people who are probably listening right now. So number one, I had the opportunity to create two beautiful life planners for two families. So one was for a girl named Julia. She is a rock star. She's entering high school this year and she's going to go places. She's just one of those girls that you look at and you think, you know, she's got it figured out. She's just born with the wisdom of a 50 year old woman. And yet that the youth and vibrance and energy of a, of a 13 or 14 year old girl. And so I just loved that I got the opportunity to hand make something to send to her. So that was really fun. And the other one that I got to send off was to a woman who is very near and dear to my heart. (laughs) I call her mom. You can call her Linda, but she is a social worker. And so she saw this life planner online. And yes, there's a little bit of bias there because I'm her favorite daughter sorry, Becky, I'm her favorite. And she, she looked at this planner and she said, I need to get these into the hands of my girls. So she works with girls who are in foster care all over Catawba County and Gaston County and all around Charlotte, North Carolina. That's where she's located. And when she saw this, she thought, you know, I've got to get this in the hands of my girls. And so we're in the process of creating some opportunities to make these life planners for those young women who are working so hard to cast vision for the next stages of their lives once they graduate and turn 18 and go off and live on their own. So it's just an honor to be able to be considered in that capacity because as much as I love the idea of what I designed, I had no idea how God was going to use it. And I think that's been my prayer since day one, like, Lord, just blow my mind. And so that was one opportunity. The other opportunity I had, which was just so life-giving, was last Thursday, I reached out to a young woman who was looking for coaching services, and she was not sure if she could find the money to do it. And so because of that, she almost backed out of our session, and yet I sent her a text message and said, hey, it's in your hands now. If you'd like to call back, I'm available until 11. She called back, and we had the best conversation. I just understood so much of her story and her history, which is powerful. And she is not allowing it to pull her down. She is using it to provide momentum towards a brighter future for her and her daughters. And that to me was just such an inspiring story. And I remember thinking at the end of that session, thank God you didn't stop 
and put down the phone call and just cancel the meeting. Thank God that you picked up the phone and you took that next step because sometimes it's as simple as taking the next step, isn't it? It's, it's one thing to think we have this impossible mountain to climb ahead of us. That's our next dream or our goal. And if we consistently look at that mountain and think, I can't even, I can't, we're looking at the mountain the wrong way. What we need to do instead is look at the first step. For that young woman, the first step for her was just making that phone call. She didn't know how the funds would come together. She had no idea that I had a scholarship option available for her. And I just praise the Lord that she was able to pick up the phone and take the first step towards a brighter future for her and her family just by picking up the phone and calling. And for some of you, that might be the next step, just picking up the phone. And I cannot tell you how honored I am to be able to work with this young woman. And I cannot wait to continue sessions with her. And some of you might be considering the same thing. I like the idea of coaching. I really don't know what it looks like. I don't know what it costs. I don't know anything about this or how I'm going to afford it or how I'm going to make that happen. You know, the first step to doing that is just picking up the phone or sending me an email. I post my personal email everywhere, which is probably a little crazy now that I think about it. But at the same time, I get connections from women all over the world. And that has just been such a blessing to be able to partner and to bless them along their way. And I would love the opportunity to do the same for you. So please take advantage of all the services that I have to offer on Dreams That Achieve. It is my hope and my prayer that I would be able to bless you because this is not for my sake, it's for yours. And I'm here because I'm fulfilling a calling that God placed on my heart so that I can encourage you and motivate you to fulfill whatever calling God is placing on your heart. So there you go. There's my spiel. Getting off the soapbox, I was just so happy with how last week went, and I'm just so honored to partner with you and with moms just like you who are trying their best to make a better future for their daughters and a, and to chase after their dreams with such gumption and motivation that it's impossible for their daughters to feel that they could do it any other way. So I just love, love, love that. All right, we're going away from passion and jumping into a super nerdy passion of mine. And again, today we're talking about expectations, boundaries, and routines what are expectations versus a boundary? What are the, what, what's, how is it the same? How do they work together? Why are they different? What's the point, right? Well, here's the thing. Teenage girls, they crave independence, don't they? You know this. I know this. You feel the burden and the bite of this every single day. Pretty much every argument you have with your daughter is most likely a, a push or pull fight to gain more independence on her behalf. And so she is wanting so badly to become a strong, independent young woman and yet there might be skills she has not learned yet that would allow her to do so safely. And so your job is to help her create and develop those skills so that she can step in confidence into her independent years. And the idea is, right, we're just, we're taking off the scaffolding as the structure is put in place so that she is able to stand on her own without any additional help. She's got your phone number. She's going to use it. I promise she's not going to fly away from you if she becomes strong and equipped to be an independent woman. But what it does mean is that she's strong enough to fly back to you. So I don't want you to get in your head that if she becomes the more independent she becomes, the less she needs you. That is not the case at all. In fact, the more independent she becomes, the more she understands that you are the safe place to go to when she has more questions. Because independence really never stops, does it? It never really stops. We never really truly attain that wisdom. And so let's start with the idea of boundaries, because I think this is the one that is most often misinterpreted. What are boundaries? I want you to think of a fence, right? I had a dog back in Wilmington, North Carolina. His name was Finley, and he was this beautiful golden retriever. He was a goober, just absolute goofball, most loyal and goofy dog you've ever met. 
Well, he loved to be outside. And it wasn't that he would just run off just for the sake of running off, but he loved to smell things and just go explore things. And if he's, he caught a whiff of something, he would just kind of forget what he was doing and just kind of wander off. Maybe some of your teenage girls are not like that. But he would just kind of wander off, and next thing you know, he might be in the street or he might be across the road in the neighbor's yard. And, you know, dogs, they do it, right? Now, where am I going with this? No, I'm not comparing your daughter to a dog. I promise, even though my dog was glorious and it would probably be an honor <laughs> to be compared to this dog. But um, my dog, Finley, such a goober. And we realized very quickly, we needed to come up with a solution for a fence because a fence is going to allow him to explore freely. It's going to give him total freedom of the backyard. And as he becomes more comfortable and more confident and trustworthy in the backyard, then I can expand that boundary even further. We can continue to give him more and more freedom as he's able to earn it. But then if he makes a poor choice or if he makes a mistake, we can rein it in and give him a tighter circumference so that he is safe and that he is able to understand that his choices have consequences and that ultimately every consequence that happens in his life is due to a choice that he has made or not made. So let's talk about what a boundary is. The boundary is very similar when we think about that fence analogy. I know it's not the most exciting analogy, but I think it's pretty darn spot on. So a fence, think about the perimeter of your fence. Don't think so much of the wood versus the metal versus the chain link, whatever. What we're thinking of instead is the actual size of the perimeter of the fence. So the fence we decided to get first before we actually built a permanent structure was this, it was almost like this generator that we kept in the carport and he wore a collar. And so once he, and we would set the radius to reach a certain amount of feet or yards away from the generator. And once he reached that perimeter, it would beep and it would allow him to understand, okay, this is as far as you get to go. You need to go back. And so that's what we used. And as he got older and as he became much more trustworthy and once he understood his limitations and his boundaries, and once he understood to come back when we called him, when we felt like he was adequately trained, he was, we were then able to expand that perimeter until we got to the point where we felt like we could actually create a permanent fence and um, that that would teach him the skills he needed to enjoy his independence well without actually causing any danger and really just neglecting to teach him some of the things he needed to learn. And so once we got to that point, we thought, you know what? Let's step over here and let's try to go off leash with him at the park or let's try to go off leash with him at the, at the beach. And so training a dog to go off leash, you don't just unhook it and let him run, right? Because what happens? <laughs> they run away. Inevitably, they run away. They get distracted. Something excites them. And then they're placing themselves in danger or they get lost and you never see them again. That happens all the time. And so instead, what we started doing was we had a short leash. Once he responded well to the short leash, we went on a longer leash. And that leash got longer and longer until we finally felt confident that if we took him off leash, he would return back to us when we commanded him to. And so that's what we're thinking about with boundaries. How has your daughter so far responded to the boundaries you put in place, right? And there are boundaries for everything. Think about her social media usage. Think about her car access. Think about how often she's able to use her phone. Think about the money or allowance that she's given each week or how many hours she's allowed to stay outside of curfew. So when we're thinking about every area of her life, you need to think, okay, what is she currently responsible for now? And you're, you're kind of taking this inventory of how trustworthy and responsible and wise your daughter is. And then you're creating a perimeter that you think will allow her to grow so that you're, you're giving her a little bit of trust so that she can respond and say, Hey, thanks mom. I'm going to really kind of step into that. And many students do. 
sometimes when you give them a little bit more freedom and express the fact that you're giving them freedom and just make that very clear, many respond so well to that because they're thinking, she trusts me. I want to earn and retain that trust. I'm going to prove to her that she was right in giving me that choice. Now, if she does not respond well to that boundary, then maybe what we need to do is tighten that boundary up. So the whole concept here is that that perimeter, that protective boundary, that fence that you're, you're thinking, not necessarily like the stable, permanent, fixed fence. We're thinking instead the fence that the perimeter is adequate and shaped directly to how well or how poorly your daughter is responding to certain decisions. And so that's what a boundary is. It's fluid. It moves. It changes. It's responsive. It's ultimately determined by her. And when she understands that then she's going to be able to step into those expectations, which are more rigid and refined. So what is the difference between a boundary and an expectation? The boundary is the perimeter of the fence and the expectation is the type of fence, right? I want you to think of each expectation that you set for your daughter is like another wood plank on the side of a fence. So each specific wood plank is going to represent a rule or a curfew or a certain number of dollars she's allowed to spend on certain areas of her life, right? I want you to come up with very concrete, stable, rigid structures so that that fence is created effectively and that it is clear and that she knows exactly what the consequences to those decisions are going to be. And so while the boundary is fluid and it shapes depending on her own ability to respond responsibly, the expectations will not because those expectations are pretty much the planks and the foundations to establish what those boundaries are. So what do I mean by that? Let's talk about what makes an expectation clear. What makes it effective? Number one, it has to be clearly stated, clearly stated. I have a sweet girlfriend. Her name is Amanda. Shocker. I have <laughs> some of my best friends names are Amanda. My name's Amanda. You know, we just like to clan together, but her name's Amanda. And she came home one day to a 13 year old boy who desperately wanted a phone. And this was something she had previously thought, nope, you'll get a phone when you die, right? That was just kind of her motto. But when she sat down and thought about it and talked to her child, um, I thought that what she did here was just absolutely brilliant. What she decided instead was that she was going to create a phone contract because when adults go and get a contract, right? When we go in to get a new phone, we're signing away a lot of our rights correct? So I know I sign away, okay, if I make this decision, then this is the penalty. If you do this, then this is your penalty, etc. So that is there to help explain the, the limitations and the boundaries around the use of that phone. And those are binding contracts, correct? And so what she decided to do is to create a contract for her son to use. And so they came up together. They created like, okay, what are the boundaries we want? How much or how little do we want him to utilize this? And then once they've established that, then they sat down and said, hey, we're concerned about these three things. What do you think is a fair expectation that we could write down in ink that you can sign? And therefore, if you do not uphold your end of that contract, then your phone gets taken away and we'll come up with those very clear, specific consequences. So everything was written out, like literally in ink. And I thought that was such a brilliant idea because number one, there's no way a teenage daughter or son could ever argue that they didn't understand what the expectations were if they're written down and if they're clearly visible and if they had a hand or an understanding of what they were when they were written. So there's number one. You are no longer the bad guy. You are just the enforcer. <laughs> that expectation was written in stone and the consequences are there because they made the choice. So it really empowers them to see the power of their own choices. 
So that's number one. Number two, what are the consequences? Because if there's not a consequence that's clear, that doesn't fit the crime necessarily, then this the child is not going to learn that every choice they make has a consequence. So if I decide, for example, we've all done this, let's just admit it. We try to avoid giving our kids snacks and sugar and dessert. And yet around 11 o'clock, once everyone's in bed, I might be the one sneaking downstairs to the freezer and opening a carton of ice cream and just grabbing a spoon and going upstairs and watching my favorite TV shows. Now, (laughs) are there consequences to that decision? Yes, and I know that. When I go to the fridge, I know, okay, I am about to ingest 2,000 calories, probably going to have heartburn in the morning. I'm going to be exhausted because I had a sugar high, so I couldn't fall asleep, so I watched three episodes of Grey's Anatomy longer than I should have, and I'm going to regret that decision. However, when I went to make that decision, I had the understanding that there were consequences to that decision, and I did it anyway. Your daughter most likely does not have that ability yet. She is developing that now. So when she starts to think, you know, I'm going to stay out 15 minutes past curfew, she needs to be able to understand, okay, well, she knows the consequence of being past curfew is to lose privileges for the car for a week. So in that moment, when she gets home and she is throwing a tantrum of the fact that you're enforcing a rule that she understood quite clearly, you help her understand, okay, well, you decided in that moment that you wanted 15 minutes with your friends now more than you wanted the car next week. Helping her to understand that those choices were in, were made by her is going to empower her to understand that the boundary that you've created is entirely dependent on her ability to honor the things that are put in place now. And that is an invaluable skill. I cannot tell you how many adults still have not figured that out, especially in my generation. We are struggling here. So this is something we need to go back to the basics on and just say, hey, This is a choice you made. Here was the consequence. You were aware of that consequence. You made this choice anyway. We're going to live with the consequence either way. We'll try again next time. Simple as that. Okay, so let's just do a quick review before we jump into the final element of this particular podcast. So number one, we talked about boundaries. That is the perimeter. It's going to grow and shrink depending on how your daughter responds to the expectations you put in place. And that's going to transition us to expectations. Expectations are simply the Um, The rules and the guides that you are putting in place, the individual wooden slats of your fence, if you will, that are going to be rigid. They're going to be enforced with clear, consistent consequences that your daughter will know backwards and forwards so that she can gain ownership of her own individual decisions and choices. And then finally, we're going to jump over here because I think this is like the odd child that's often forgotten or neglected, and this is called a routine. So routine, on one hand, is something that you do already. You most likely have certain ways of doing things, whether that's intentionally set or if that just kind of happened and evolved over time, because we all have certain ways of doing things. We are creatures of habit. We love routine, whether we like to accept it or not. And to be honest with you, we all thrive best in routine. Yes, it's nice to step away from routine for a while, but there's something really freeing about knowing the next step in our day. And so let's talk about what a routine is. A routine is just a series of daily or weekly habits that are put in place to point you towards a larger goal and help support the boundaries that you've already put in place. So what do I mean by that? So if you think of a large goal, again, we're talking about that mountain I mentioned at the beginning, a goal can be very much like a mountain and the building blocks and the tiny individual steps to get up that mountain can sometimes just be as simple as the daily grind of waking up and making the bed before you head out the door in the morning. And yes, it's that simple. Sometimes it is that simple because there are things like character traits that cannot necessarily be developed by strict expectations. So for example, if you want to build a stronger work ethic, 
then maybe chores, <laughs> adding chores to the daily grind would probably benefit your daughter in the long term because she's going to learn, okay, well, when I get home, I know that I have these three responsibilities to help keep my house in order, to help maintain my family, and to invest in my family and in my home. So that's going to, over time, create this internal work ethic that otherwise would have to be taught intentionally. And believe it or not, there are some things that can be taught just by word of mouth. There are others that are just very difficult to do without creating these intentional modeled habits. And many of those characteristics are impossible to learn without the use of routine. And before I lose you here, because I think the idea of routine in many ways just equates in your mind as like a chore chart. I am not trying to force a chore or chart or chore wheel on you. Honestly, they, they drive me nuts. They've never worked in my family. However, routines have, because as time goes by, it actually takes only 21 days to take a single task and evolve that task into a habit. And so after 21 days, yes, it might be painful to get up first thing in the morning and empty the dishwasher before the rest of the family gets up. But you know what? After 21 days, it just kind of becomes second nature. You wake up, you start listening to a podcast while you put the dishes away. And then while your kids are running down the stairs to get ready for school, you know that once they're finished eating breakfast, there's a clean dishwasher for them to put into. You've seen the benefit of that and it just becomes second nature. And that's going to be the same for any habit that you put on there. So Yes, routine is very helpful for things like manual labor and chores, but it's also super, super helpful for anything that's like work-based or social-based or fun-based. Yes, routines could be fun. What is a family tradition? It's essentially a habit that you put in place and you are intentional about recreating and continuing that habit whenever you have set those parameters. So for example, Friday nights at the Doherty house are family night. And we will always do something on Friday night, regardless of whether we are here, whether we're visiting family, there's going to always be that protected time where we say, you know what, as much as I would love to go out and do something fun, or as much as I would love to just go in my room and read a book and have some quiet time for myself, no, we're going to sit down, we're going to make a fun dinner, and it's usually like homemade DIY pizza night. So it's a hot mess. We're just making a huge mess. And we either play Candyland because I have a three-year-old child for the next three hours, or we watch a movie together. And so that's what we do. That's our family tradition every single Friday night. That's just kind of how we do it. And so while at first it was kind of a, a difficult thing to say, oh, okay, I guess, well, you know what, this, this event is coming up, or, you know, we've really meant to get together with these friends for a long time. Why don't we push it off? The thing we realized we weren't prioritizing was family time. And so what we did was created that intentional carved out that Friday night to say, this is family time, not going to budge on it. And that became our thing. And now it is our favorite night of the week. So yes, you can have chores on your weekly rundown and your routine, but it also needs to have things that just bring your family life. What are some other things you're wanting to prioritize? It doesn't just have to be things like work ethic. Maybe it's the fact that you need to protect your time. I have some good friends. Their names are Brooke and Buddy, and they wake up every single morning, I think around 5 or 5.15 before the kids wake up, and they have their quiet time together on the couch with a cup of coffee. And when the kids come downstairs, they know not to mess mom and, with mom and dad, until they have finished their quiet time. They know that. They don't bother them. They don't talk with them. And how do they know that? Well, it's because that routine was established and enforced very early on. And it's just kind of become the way that they do things. So every single morning, Brooke and Buddy get that awesome time with the Lord. They get to start their day off together, sitting on the same couch, reading the Word of God, and not worrying about being interrupted. So sometimes it could be as simple as setting boundaries to help protect your time and your mental space so that you can get the things done that you need to get done. 
I know I'm one of those people that has a very difficult time with having a daily quiet time, so I know I have to wake up before anyone else does, and I have to go down and take care of that before everyone else wakes up. I know at first that was hard, but now there's nothing else I would ever give up because I've seen the fruit of that. I have seen that habit really grow my faith. I have seen it change the tone of my heart and my mind and my mouth when my son wakes up and wants immediately to ask 30,000 things of me. I am in a posture where I can actually receive that. And so a routine for me has been to get up early, enjoy a cup of coffee, wake up, read the word of God, and then begin my day. So a routine can protect your time just as much as it can protect your ability to learn certain traits and to teach your daughter certain traits as well. It also protects something else. Now, this is something I think maybe this is just my family. Maybe it's your family. I don't know. Most likely, it's probably all of our families. But, you know, let's just give a quick shout out to all of us who have maybe once heard the words, you didn't ask me to. I didn't know I had to do that. Oh, my word. There are a few things that irritate me faster than those words right there. So instead, thank you, Lord, for the routine, which is going to open up zero excuses because that is what we do every single day. It's the expectation and there's no room for argument there. So that's going to create your family culture. It's going to create a mentality of teamwork and unity. It's got so many benefits for your life. So routine is again going to help enforce and support the boundaries you're putting in place, but really it's going to protect so much of what you find valuable in your family and in your time and in your resources and to be a good steward of all of those because a routine is such an incredible value to you in that specific capacity. Now, I'm going to bring up something else. If you have a child or a daughter that really suffers with anxiety, if that is something that you just can tell she's just an angsty personality or she is truly having to cope with things like anxiety or separation anxiety or anything like that, depression, if you have a daughter that's suffering from anxiety in any capacity, then a routine is going to be your best friend. I say this not as a licensed counselor, not as a psychiatrist, but as the mother of a child who was born in a country very far away, who was brought here, and has had a very difficult time navigating things like anxiety. The number one tool that was told, that we were told from the very beginning of our adoption story was you need to have routines in place so he's not afraid of surprises that are going to come his way. He knows what to expect. He understands that he feels safe within the routine. And you know what's funny? I noticed the same exact thing when I started enforcing strict routines in my classroom as a teacher. The level of anxiety overall in the classroom relaxed. Now, did that mean that I had a very strict every single day we do the same thing policy? No. But what my students did know is that when I, they walk in the room, I'm going to have on the board the schedule for the day. They're going to know what we're going to do as soon as they walk in the door. They knew when I'm going to take up the homework. They knew when I was going to assign homework. They knew where to look for that homework. They knew where I kept the extra spare notes that if they were absent the day before that they can go and get those and not feel like they were already a day behind. Routine and structure are a child's best friend. And even if she likes to be spontaneous, yes, we all love to be spontaneous, don't we? But you know what the magic of spontaneity comes from? The fact that it's not routine. And you can't have spontaneity unless you have a regular set routine. Spontaneity is not special <laughs> if it's a daily process. If spontaneity marks you every single day for you, then what you're looking at is chaos, and your daughter is really going to struggle in that because that is just the age group she's in. She's trying to develop that independence, and it's hard for her to stretch her wings if she doesn't know what is secure and what is safe and what is routine. So anxiety, that is definitely going to be your life-saving tool there. That's just a gift from mom to mom, not necessarily coach to mom. But I do want you to consider the fact that maybe routine could really benefit 
some of the more anxious members of your family. So that's what brings us to the final wrap-up of this particular podcast because I think that you have goals for this year. I know you have goals. And if you haven't really decided what those goals might need to be, maybe it's time for you to go back to episode one where we talk about all kinds of goals and setting expectations and casting vision for the next school year. But once you have those goals in mind and you're really trying to get down to the nitty-gritty of essentially creating a roadmap to get you to where those goals need to be, but once you've established what those goals are and once you're ready to create a roadmap, then this is where I want you to take your next steps. I want you to consider what goals and what traits and what progress do you want to see your daughter this year? Not just your daughter, but in your family. Maybe there's progress you want to see in your own life. Maybe there are things you want to see in your son's or your husband's life or your family as a whole just to kind of grow and evolve together. That's a wonderful thing. That means you're working smarter. You're not working harder. You're trying to tackle multiple battles with a single stone, right? That's the goal. We're trying to work less hard, but with intentionality and precision. And so once you have those goals in your mind, then we're going to start talking about breaking those down into the daily routines and habits. So a couple things. Number one, the life planner. I mentioned in episodes one and two that I have created and started selling a life planner. And that has been a phenomenal undertaking. And I just mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, how much joy that's brought me to be able to shed light on certain aspects of time management and resource management and understanding what priorities are in a young woman's heart and how she can continue to develop her day and shape her day to work for her and help her achieve the goals that she's been afraid to achieve for many, many years. So life planner has been wonderful, but there's something specific in every single life planner I include, and that's called a habit tracker. And a habit tracker is just a very simple way of tracking on a day-to-day basis. Is there a specific daily routine I can establish that's going to help point me in the direction towards the goal I'm trying to accomplish this year? So if you're looking for a way to help your daughter understand routine, this life planner is a godsend because it's going to, one, include all the different aspects of her life, her family life, her social life, her dentist and orthodontist life, because let's be honest, that's a large section of her life at this age group, her sports, her school, all of it's going to fit in a single planner so she can understand the big picture of what's going on in her day and her, in her week and in her month. But then it also comes down and allows her to navigate, okay, what goals do I have in mind? How do we break those down into specific responsibilities I can do every day and build up efforts towards that goal. And so every single one of these planners I'm creating has multiple habit trackers. There's one for every single day of the year. And I think she's really going to love it and benefit from using that. And the good news is in just a moment, I'm also going to share a way that you can create your own routines and habit trackers yourself. I have a special gift just for you. But first let's talk action steps. So action step number one, what is one boundary? that you think it's time to reevaluate or establish with your daughter. So going into this next school year, I really want you to think and evaluate. Okay, last year, social media was a beast. Or this year, we're now getting our license and we might be getting a car and we need to have those boundaries set early. This is the perfect time to get those started because it's much easier to set expectations and boundaries early on, on day one, than it is to try to backtrack and enforce all these structures and that she was not anticipating or ready for later on down the road. So set the tone on day one by thinking, okay, what is one boundary I really need to work on? That's action step number one. Number two is what are three clear expectations and consequences that are going to help you enforce that boundary. And these expectations could really cover anything. And when we talk about boundaries, it could cover anything from cell phone use to social media to interactions with boys, to curfew, schoolwork, all of it. 
So really think, okay, what expectations can I put in place to help her navigate those specific areas and help her become healthy and navigate those areas in a secure and safe way while also benefiting and improving her own independence. So what is one boundary? And then create three expectations to support that boundary. And finally, finally, what daily routines could help create healthy habits and support this boundary while teaching her long-term commitment towards her goals? So you're just kind of going through the whole system we talked about today. What perimeters do you want to set to make sure that she is healthy? What specific wood slats on the fence do you want to enforce to make sure that that boundary is being upheld and that she is growing? And number three, what daily routines, so all the nails that are going into those boards and just upholding the fence and making sure that it's sturdy and it's secure, what are some of the routines that you could start to enforce this year that would help her understand the long-term commitment to her own goals and to the goals of her own family? So before I let you go, I love to give away freebies. I give one away in every single episode. So I've got one freebie for you right here, and it is a super easy printable guide to help you brainstorm new boundaries you'd like to put in place and decide on new expectations and rules you'd like to enforce. So really, the action steps I just mentioned earlier, I've got a worksheet for that. And you can print out as many of these as you want to. You can brainstorm on them. You can write all over them, cross them out, make these messy, get your brain empty of all of these thoughts and get it on a sheet of paper so you can visualize what you're really hoping this next year is going to look like. So hopefully by now, after three episodes of the planning series, you're starting to kind of narrow down and understanding what the day in and day out of your next school year is going to look like for you. So that is my freebie. I've also got something that's going to be a game changer for you. Now, I actually designed this about five years ago, and I've used it in my own home for five years, and it has revolutionized how my family has functioned on a day-to-day basis, and I want to share that with you. So this routine chart is an instant download on my Etsy site. So if you go to my website, and at the very top, you're going to see an icon that says Planners and Printables. Click on that link and it's going to direct you straight to my Etsy site and you're going to see an instant download called my daily routine chart. And that daily routine chart is going to have an instant download. It's going to have specific blank fields in it. You download it after purchasing and that purchase is all of $3.99. So for $3.99, you get an instant download where you can identify and customize each field that you want to on all the daily slots, all the weekly slots. And the great thing is, is after you try it for a few days, you print off as many copies as you want to, you try it for a few days or you try it for a few weeks and you think, you know what, I really want to switch up this routine chart. Again, you have the file on hand. All you have to do is adjust and edit those fields, print it out again and keep going. I cannot tell you how much of a lifesaver this is. Get all of the routines out of your head. Maybe create one for your daughter. Maybe create one for your son. All you have to do is buy that single instant download and you are set to go with routines for the rest of your life. So go ahead and check it out. I promise you will not regret it. I have one on my refrigerator right now, and it is getting used very, very often. I'm super excited to be able to launch one coming up that's going to have a daily or a weekly ripoff, so I would actually customize it for you, put it out, and make like a ripoff weekly calendar that you can mark off each routine as you go. So stay tuned for that, but for now, you have the instant download for $3.99. You can open up the doors to 2019 and 2020 with an amazing resource that makes your life a heck of a lot easier. So all that to say, friends, that's it for today's podcast. I'm so glad that you nerded out with me on this particular topic because this is where we really see the rubber hit the road, and I cannot wait until we see what kind of traction these specific action steps can allow you to gain as you enter the next school year. Till next time, I'll catch you later.